And we're back, Empires of the Future. Sorry, uh, we've been a little behind lately, but I moved since we uh, last made a podcast, and now I live on the north side of Evansville. I'm a north sider. You, you wanted me to be a west sider, I would have assumed. Uh, well, I mean, you wanted you to be a west sider. You just didn't know you wanted oh. you to be a west sider. Because the west side is the best side of town. Now that you're saying that, I think I might have wanted that. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, you, you did want it. But you know what? You got a pretty cool place out there on the north yeah, side. Yeah. Nice. A lot has changed in since the time that we did our last podcast. Yes. Uh, so you've got a new house. Um, we have had the fall festival. Yes. That happened. And if you're not from Evansville, um, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But the uh, annual West Side Nut Club Fall Festival is one of the largest street festivals in the world. It took place uh, just a couple weeks ago there at the beginning, here at the beginning of October. And um, that was a big deal. We uh, have both, since this last podcast, Last podcast, excuse me, we've both run our longest race ever. Uh, <laughs> There's a story at to about, tell. At about 14.5.6 miles-ish. Um, so that was fun. Um, yeah, a lot has happened in that time. Yeah. How do you tell the shortest version of that story? Um, so putting the people at the turns is really important yes. in a long race. Yes. And, uh, you know, they didn't miss the first turn. Now, look, the first turn doesn't matter that much because it's a T. And it hits the river, and so they had to tell us left or right, and, you know, we went left. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the second turn, the second turn on our race um, was not marked, and, um, and boy, everybody just missed it. Yeah. But listen, <clears throat> I, I said I was not going to talk about it anymore. I've already gone through the four stages of processing for that whole incident. Uh, I well, I've already, been bottling it up, so I, well, you get, you, we're going to let you speak to this issue then. Yeah, I've already <laughs> gone through the four stages, uh, acceptance, anger, depression, and I use it as a sermon illustration. So <laughs> I don't need to talk about it anymore. I've accepted it. You know what? I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we, uh, you know, I, I can say I've run the longest race I've ever run now. I, it was a new PR as far as length in, uh, in running a race. And so it's true. That was cool. It's true. Um, the, the, just so that everyone will want to know at least one more detail, which is, uh, since there wasn't a mark at the second, uh, turn, we, we all kept just running down the riverfront <laughs> and, um, anyone who's ever tried to follow Steve Matthews, this guy runs five minute miles, even if you're running 13. So he was way up there and then I saw him turn around and then, and then I saw him coming back and, and waving at everyone, which he usually doesn't tell us, Hey, come on, you can go with me because we can't. <laughs> So then you mean, you mean I can just jump over this barrier and just start running with you now? But then I see people in front of me jumping the barrier and then I look and then I realize what Steve realized, which is even what the police officers who were on the motorcycles had realized, which is we're not on the course at all. <laughs> and what, so what a realization. So then I start I jump the median, people behind me jump, people behind them jump the median, people behind the, and then by the time I get back to the course, lots and lots of people didn't have to jump the median. They just kind of went, "Well, you doofus, you started off fast. That was a terrible idea." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you talk about being punished, man. That was it. It you know, it, it could have gone so awry. We could have ended up in Kentucky, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that far? You know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, hey. it's true. So yes, longest race ever. Um, so, <clears throat> but you know what? It does lead us. You know, when you think about health, fitness, running, uh, leads us into our topic for today. What's our topic for today, Jackson? So uh, we're titling this three keys to Christian fitness, 
Now, uh, we're using this article to talk about fitness. Um, and, you know, obviously we're talking about fitness from a Christian worldview because we talk about everything from a Christian worldview. Um, this is uh, something that to some degree everyone's heard about. Yeah. Metabolic health, if the, if the phrase kind of makes you go, what? Well, look, um, all she's really pointing at is, well, uh, you have a metabolism. You turn food into nutrients. Um, and to some degree, we all have a basic idea of how well we do that, mm-hmm. how well we eat, how energetic we feel, um, whether or not we're meeting kind of our fitness goals, personal goals. Well, even look, everybody wants to feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't even know how, how much we can control that. And so uh, metabolic health is kind of her big emphasis. And and I want to talk about Casey Means uh, because I listened to a podcast uh, where she sort of talked about her story. And it's a really important story to understand why she's doing now what she's doing. Um, She uh, was a medical student, I believe, at Yale um, and became increasingly disillusioned with medical school. Um, And I have friends who have gone through medical school and uh, man, there's various ways medical school can leave you that way. Um, But for her, what was happening was she uh, continued to have more anxiety problems, more weight gain problems, more health problems. The longer she uh, was going in medical school and what was happening to her was she was able to ask questions like, well, my life, um, habits are not good, but I'm in school. I'm not exactly in control of a lot of those. But what was even a more overriding concern for her was what she was doing in the medical establishment was uh, basically uh, she was told in order to uh, carry on, what you need to do is you need to see as many people as you can. Uh, There are goals, you know, if you can get people in and out in 15 minutes, Uh, try to find out what prescriptions would help them or what would uh, solve their kind of felt need, solve their current issue, um, and and then move them out. Um, Look, it's a business. Um, And the business model right now is really based around um, efficient patient care. Let's be generous and say it that way. But um, she became very discouraged by that. And you can see how someone would, if their health is declining, her conclusion becomes pretty, uh, pretty, easy to understand. Her conclusion was, I'm not quite sure we know what we're doing in terms of health care. And she went out her own way and has founded her own company. It's called Levels. And, um, and her emphasis is metabolic health. And, and uh, that is a subset uh, of total fitness. Um, and, and look, <laughs> there's going to be some things, there are plenty of things in here that we're all going to, uh, together, it's wonderful to be a Christian and to go, listen, we all have guilt. None of us are doing all that we hope to be doing, in, in particular in regard to food, because we'll talk about food quite a bit today. Yeah. We'll talk about preservatives. How much are we eating? How much junk food do we all eat? How much sugar do we all eat? Um, probably topics that neither you and I, uh, we have not talked about at all here before. Not in a productive way. Uh, right, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, we've sat down to a bowl of gummy bears before. That has happened. <laughs> So that's not the conversation around food is never there. But, uh. Right. Yeah. And then anyone who's been in the church would know that uh, two guys who have been in youth ministry have been exposed to some pretty um, strange food practices. <laughs> uh, we could summarize yeah. a lot of things by saying that. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. You know, I one of my first times 
when I first began coming to church here at, at First Southern, uh, whenever I was in um, high school uh, at the time. I remember <clears throat> I might have even been in middle school. Man, it's been so long. But uh, one of the first Sunday mornings that, that we were here, Jason asked for two volunteers, and I volunteered along with Clint Salee, uh, and we were competing in a competition to see who could eat this bowl of, it's a mixed bowl of cereal, so I'd like everything in it, everything uh-huh. from cornflakes to Fiber One to Fruit Loops yep. to, you know, yep. Cocoa Puffs, whatever, had it all. Yep. Uh, but then instead of being given milk, we were given uh, Yoohoo to drink, you know, <laughs> the, the, chocolate, uh, the chocolate drink. We have some downstairs in the refrigerator right now. <laughs> there you go, there you go. So we, we were given that to pour in and see who could eat it the fastest, and uh, you know what? I won. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, you want to know what I didn't do? I didn't think at all about my metabolic health as right. I was guzzling down a, a Yoo-Hoo with a bunch of cereal in it. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and so so there's a little bit of confession. I'm sure, sure. there will be a lot more. What a theme for today will be a lot of confession in this regard. Because um, it's a funny thing. In, in a lot of ways, uh, there would be people you'd meet today who would say, I don't want anything to do with Christianity. Now, look, uh, we all would like to be in better health. And no matter where you are, you know there are things certain things that you're not doing. And we want to talk about that today. Um, and so there's a lot of topics that sort of get folded into this. Um, but I, I want to throw her catch line, sort of the, the byline of this, because it, it's, it's one of those that sounds wonderful, but then you just kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, great, so go ahead and do it. Um, here it is. Quote, metabolic health can be improved by consistently making choices that keep glucose levels in a stable and healthy range. Now go and do likewise. <laughs> you know, that's kind of, I, I don't want to, you know, jump all the way to the end yet, but uh, I did feel largely like that was what the article did is basically it was like, hey, metabolic, metabolic health can be uh, changed. It can be affected. You can keep your, your levels in a healthy range. So do it, you know, and I thought there was definitely lacking in the article a whole lot of information on how to do it. Yeah. Which maybe we can help pick up some of the slack there and say here here's what we would suggest maybe. Well, and and you know, it's a scary thought that it's probably true. Um, most people that you know are doing about as much as they're capable of in themselves in regard to physical fitness. But I say that to say, if you don't see it as a spiritual issue, and you don't have any, any help beyond that. If you haven't connected any dots between what God, what am I supposed to do with my body? Because you gave my body to me to steward, to use for your glory. Mm-hmm. That, that is one of these points that can help you to go, okay, well, it doesn't solve everything immediately. It's not like I'll just be like, all right, well then it looks like it's salads every day for lunch because I know I have the Holy spirit inside of me. Um, but at the very least you realize one, you were given this gift, but two, you're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people do feel, I mean, look, it's, uh, it's a scary thing when you get out of high school and you gain 40 pounds before you even notice, as I've seen you know, a lot of people do. And now look, this is a weird article for me to talk about, and I'm very thankful, uh, and I will expect you to uh, address shortcomings. Because one thing that's just true of me and a lot, uh, particularly on the lacy side of my family, which is where, as far as I can tell, most of my metabolism comes from. So I have like one of the highest metabolisms of anybody that I know. <laughs> anybody who's met me, uh, skinny is a word that you can e- easily use to identify me in a crowd. Yeah. And, and it's not, and, and people, it's, it's to the point, I, I don't even know what to say anymore because I'll try to kind of like 
share that a lot of this is not my fault. It's not my, I didn't do this, but then people will go, well, you do also run a lot, which is true, Yeah. but it's all of a piece. I've been running since I was 12, running distance since I was 12. It all happened. Yeah. Do you, do you think to a certain extent, you know, when you talk about things like this, you feel like you lose credibility with people because they're like, oh, I know you, you're skinny as a rail and you eat whatever you want. Certainly. And and this and stuff. Yeah. I I think that's probably the case. Um, for, for you and I mean maybe to me maybe for me to an extent um, maybe although if people had seen me back in my like um, middle school into high school years kind of yeah. that phase of really more than anything just figuring out okay as a as a maturing human being like mm-hmm. what do I need to do to to maintain mm-hmm. health and wellness yep. uh, and it was something I had to figure out in fact whenever I was like a freshman in high school, um, I was not skinny by any means. I was, you know, erring on the side of being overweight, being a little bit chubby. How much do you think you weighed as a freshman? As a freshman in high school, probably 160, okay. 165. What do you weigh now? Um, probably around 140. Okay. I don't, I don't weigh myself hardly at all. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that, I could be wrong. Um, I'd say you're right. I, I, bet- since like my freshman year in high school uh, to now, I have fluctuated mostly around like 135 to 145 okay. in my, in my weight. And um, I, while we're showing cards, this also people just go like, I see the shock. I weigh 120 pounds and I, it's, it is what it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've wavered between uh, 120 and 120 and a half. <laughs> Back when I worked at Mackey's pizza in Harrisburg, Illinois from uh, when I was 19 until I was about 22, I weighed 125 pounds. That's most I've ever weighed in my life. So, and again, I'm losing credibility. I should stop talking. You go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, you say you're losing credibility, but at the same time, as anyone can say and, and also recognize is that you clearly understand what it means to be disciplined uh, with regards to exercise and fitness. Um, and while you are skinny, you are not without muscle. You are not mm-hmm. without um, all the markers that would indicate, no, you also do understand a little bit of the discipline. But here's the thing. Like you said, we are coming not as guys who are like, we have figured this out, and so we're going to tell you this. <laughs> yeah, right. So we're going to tell you how to do it. That's not at all the case. Um, we come as those saying, hey, we also uh, see the value in learning about this yeah. and see that we also need to grow in these areas um, because it would, be a, it would be a lie to say, well, I'm, I'm relatively in shape, I'm thin, uh, I exercise, so therefore I've got this figured out. Right. That's not at all the case. In fact, if you, if you look at either one of ours diet – um, not even if you look at it, if you just like are forced, if you force me to reckon with yep. kind of how I eat, yep. it's, it's not going to be a good reckoning. And yep. I think, um, I think it's something that we have to address even in and of ourselves yep. while we, we might have an easier time disciplining ourselves to get out and run mm-hmm. five miles. Um, that's not the end all be all of yeah. overall health yeah. and, and wellness and, and to steward over what God has given you, which is, uh, namely this body that he has given you. Yep. We need more than just that. We need more than just doing a certain amount of exercise. Uh, we need to look at it from all from every angle and say, "Hey, how can I best steward what God has given me?" Right, and and um, I would be. I wish there's like two things I had wished uh, in order to talk about this article that just weren't possible given current circumstances. One, I wish I you and I could have had like our cholesterol levels just so we could throw those yeah. numbers out because mine would not be good. I, I, I still, I mean, I was youth minister for 20 years. I ate pizza at least once a week, I would say. Uh, and I, I could say guaranteed because I know there's plenty of weeks. I ate it twice a week, three times a week. Yeah. I youth ministry, 
it, the lifestyle of it, not to mention, I mean, not just events like you and I, you were talking about, but going to colleges, having lunch on campus with college students. I had Chick-fil-A once a week for the last seven years. Well, ever since it came into USI, which would be at least five years. Um, and and if, uh, if, if this is not a fact that's been thrown at you, uh, food that you eat in restaurants is probably, what's the number? Um, probably twice as bad for you as anything you would cook at home for multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, and that's just a fact. That. And, I believe that. And so... So that, that, that I say that to say that I have some poor eating habits. I ha- I know that it has affected me because they've existed. I'm 42 and they've existed my entire life. Mm-hmm. I am trying to do better with them. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, for the first time in my life in the last few years, I've felt a decrease in energy level that I think is associated with sort of the fact that if I did a lot better with nutrition, it, I would feel a lot better. Um, and so I'm working on that to whatever degree right yeah. now. Um, but we say all this to say that, um, discussing this from a Christian point of view means that you, you put all health together, spiritual health, which means how much do you trust in your sins versus how much do you trust in the Lord? Mm -hmm. Uh, that affects every day of your spiritual health, which affects your attitude, motivation, and all these things, but then move all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which is, okay, have you eaten a sensible breakfast this morning? Did you get enough sleep? And all of these basic um, physical conditions that pretty much everybody's agreed upon. I don't hear too many people saying, no, sleep less. (laughs) That'll do you better. Yeah. Uh, So there's plenty of things over there that people are agreed upon. Um, And then what we are going to get to today is some things that are sort of moment, what I would call momentary blips. um, and, uh, And... I think everyone within a few years will hopefully disassociate themselves with kind of in terms of health, in terms of yeah. ideas. And so we'll move to those. But before we get there and before we really the, this this article, is, I think, a well-written article from the standpoint of digestibility. Um, we have some highlights that we're going to go over uh, the, as far as the bulk of the article. If you want to read it, go ahead. It's uh, called The Ultimate Guide to Metabolic Health. Um, and it's on Casey Means website on the Levels website. So you can check that out. Um, but really, the, the, headlight, uh, the highlights are well done, and then she has what she calls three key metabolic health takeaways. But what we're going to have is three keys for Christian fitness because, like you said, she talks a lot about metabolism and then says things like, so go, straighten out your metabolism. Uh, if you haven't figured out how hard that is, yeah. uh, one, um, sugar is bad. For your metabolism, yeah. just in general. Yeah. And it's so hard because, as people know, a little bit of sugar would be just fine. Nothing you eat in this country, pretty much, has only a little bit of sugar in it. Yeah. The bread yeah. that you probably are eating doesn't just have a little bit of sugar in it. Yep. Anything that you think of as sugary, like, for instance, uh, a Mountain Dew, of which I partake of pretty regularly, uh, has a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. Uh, even if you look at the back of the label, it says how much uh, added sugars, 120% of your daily, quote, added sugars are in that one bottle of Mountain Dew that I have in my refrigerator at home. So um, we're all reckoning with these things, um, but we're trying to get at holistic health, health considered from the total point of view mm-hmm. um, and not sort of these atomized, smaller kind of issues of which, frankly, uh, sort of show our cards metabolism is one part yeah of your health yeah but it's one part that 
the, really important she, part. She, yeah, it's a really important part. And it's when she makes the point of saying like that it's, you know, I, I even hate to use the word easy because what we're proposing here, discipline in and of itself is never easy. It's That's why right. it's called discipline. That's, That's right. why we all recognize it. it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. It's not easy. Um, but it is manageable. Yep. Um, and unlike, so it'd be unrealistic to, to tell someone, Hey, um, you know, I know you're, you're extremely overweight. I know you have this problem or that problem, but you need to be getting out. You need to be running a mile or two every day yep. if you want to be healthy. Well, that's, that's wildly unrealistic. Yep. Um, but what you can do is say, Hey, consider your metabolism, consider how much sugar you're taking in. What, what is your diet looking yep. like? And anyone and everyone can have an effect on, on changing their their overall health yes. simply by that step yep. right there. Yep. And so like it has to be considered as, as a part of, and I think the most practical and baseline place to start, you know, so you, excuse me, you talk about, you know, how, how much sugar we take in. She makes the point and we, we none are surprised when we hear this, but yep. I think we need to hear it still, uh, as like typically Westerners, Americans, especially, uh, we eat nearly 10 times more sugar per day than we did a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. 10, Ten times, times more sugar per day. And you have to think like, were our bodies designed for that? Right. Or were they designed for something more of what we were doing a hundred years ago? Right. Um, I mean, we can argue about whether it doesn't mean that our bodies are completely incapable. You're just going to crash immediately if you right. take in 10 times the amount of sugar. But you have to recognize it's having an effect that is not good yes. on us, on our bodies. It's like, you know, she uses the, the, the imagery of like a, a factory and imagine a factory began getting 10 times more shipments in of raw material yep. and just trying to make it work Yep. and it wouldn't work. The factory would fall apart. The machines would break. The yep. workers would resist yep. uh, in order to protect themselves. And she basically says, this is what's happening in our body. Yep. Uh, they, they, it can't process our body can't effectively process the amount of raw material that is specifically glucose is what she's talking about sure. that we're putting in. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And after I, after I say this, you, you should go ahead and tell us uh, her first to highlight is what is metabolism. And that's a really knowing the exact definition is important, but I want to even as, assuage or soothe some guilt uh, from that. Look, if a hundred years ago, people had had access to the amount of sugar yeah. that we now have access to in its refined forms, we don't know what they would have done. Now, look, we could immediately go, well, would they have done better? I, I don't know. I don't know. But we are adjusting right now. I mean, it, it, what has helped me in this regard is I'm going through a very long history study. I'm going through with some guys uh, here from the church, uh, the history of the church. So starting at Jesus and then coming, and we're right now in uh, the mid-1500s, so we've been at it a while. But then it's given me another opportunity to think of broad swaths of human history. And look, if there's one thing about history that you need to notice is that Availability matters a lot. Right now, I mean, Protestantism is becoming available. Mm -hmm. But if, if it's not there, you don't even know it. You right. don't deal with it. Right. Well, look, we're all not doing so great at saying no to sugar in its various forms. And here's the issue, uh, folks. Companies know that you're not so great at that, and they're finding new ways to make you want sugar more, providing it at all kinds of places. And so I, I, I want to say that it's understandable how we've gotten here. Right. But the task is still straightforward. We've got to get this under control. Yeah. That statement of we take in 10 times more sugar than they did a hundred years ago is not a statement of discipline has declined tenfold. Right. <laughs> it is a statement of a hundred years ago, they didn't have the access to all the things we have. I mean, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a modern amenity. And in many ways, 
uh, it's a testament to kind of the blessings that we enjoy right. here in our modern day and our modern right. conveniences. Um, they didn't require the discipline to avoid that much sugar because sugar wasn't in everything they ate, uh, which you know what kind of means is that they weren't eating food that's probably as tasty as ours is. And so it, right? it's kind of, kind of a blessing to an extent, but uh, but with it comes the need for more discipline. Yes. That's, that's why we're talking about this. So yeah. tell us what metabolism is, then. Oh, man. Metabolism, this is just off the top of my head. I think it's something like the set of cellular mechanisms that produce energy from our food and environment to power every process in the human body. I think it's something like that. But that's just a guess. What do you think metabolism is? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I, I think it is, too. Is that what uh, you put down, too? That's right. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Um, so... Some of some people right now are feeling a time warp back to biology class in high school. If you haven't yeah. thought about this since then, which frankly, I again, I just have to like I haven't had to think about metabolism. I'll just again show my cards. It's like it's not a thing that I've had to worry about. I got a lot of things I've been worrying about, and that's not one of them. Um, but she and and this is really helpful to to kind of think of her angle. She is operating all the way down to the cellular level. What is happening at the basic level of our bodies by the habits that we are uh, involved in, all of us. Yeah. Um, and so our metabolism is out of whack. Our metabolism is not functioning. And now look, there's variety in this. Some people is better than others. Um, and some of this is beyond, I mean, hear me say this, everyone who might listen, some of this is beyond your control. Some of us have metabolic issues that are chemical or sure. biological, sure. and so some of that is there. And we all are, to whatever degree, trying to figure out how to operate out of the body that we've been given. Yeah. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Um, some nights you go to sleep and you go, I think oh, this is a good time to go to sleep. I'll probably be able to get up and get going tomorrow morning. And then you wake up 10 hours later and go, wow, I feel weird. Why did I sleep that long? You can't predict what your body's going to do a lot of the time. And so, yes, a list of cell, a set of cellular mechanisms that produce energy from our food and environment to power every process in the human body. Uh, metabolic health, then, is, quote, she says, a term to describe how well we generate and process energy in the body. So it's pretty simple to realize what we're talking about. So the term metabolic health is somewhat, yeah. I don't know, maybe intimidating, kind of a scientific word. Um, it certainly gives her credibility as, yeah. as opposed to her just saying, hey, how to, how to be healthy, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a right word. You know, it's not a caricature of what she's doing. But, um, yeah, that's, that's basically what we're talking about. You're taking in raw energy or raw yeah. um, material, basically raw fuel, uh, in various amounts from various shapes, form, and fashion. But sure. uh, largely glucose is the, is the topic du jour. Um, and then your body processes it. Yep. And, and utilizes it. Uh, and that is metabolism. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the ability of your body to, to um, uh, generate and process uh, energy so that you can move around, so that you can walk, so that you can run, so that you can um, do play twister. I don't know. Whatever right. it is you sure. want to do with your body, you can do it because of your metabolism. Yeah. And so th this is just the generic term. This is, this is the term we're talking about to describe taking food and converting it to energy in your body. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Go so, ahead. And you know, um, many of us have noticed sugar, especially if you have kids, you've noticed sugars, sugar gives quick, easily spent energy. Carbohydrates give a little bit longer term energy proteins and then fibers give even longer term. And those are sort of things you, you probably learned back in uh, health class in, in high school or something. Now I do want to say that, um, 
you can probably uh, you could probably give everybody could probably give a general judgment on how physically energetic that they feel, um, but that there is certainly such a thing as a spiritual vitality that your spirit uh, is what's driving the process previous to this physical vitality. And uh, I'm reminded of a story. Uh, uh, this is on one of the Rich Mullins uh, videos that I have. A guy talks about how he ran into uh, Rich Mullins in an airport. And uh, and uh, Rich Mullins, he was a Christian musician, if you don't know who he was. And um, very bold guy who just said whatever was on his mind. And this guy only met him this one time. And I don't know how they got a hold of him for this video uh, that, that happened after Rich Mullins died in 97. But... This guy said, whatever the conversation, the, the boldness, but between that, he said, when he left me, I, he felt so alive to me, and I felt so dead and empty. And his, the vitality that, was, that I could sense in him made me ask a lot of questions. And um, spiritual vitality is a deeper sense that just that uh, you can sense it uh, in all people, how much drive someone has. Mm -hmm. Uh, how much ability to kind of hold um, together uh, or, or to carry on with what's going on with them. And um, it, it's, it's, it's another marker. It's another thing that's going on with us at all times. And then the other thing I'll say before we move on from that story is that Rich Mullins had pretty terrible health habits. Uh, <laughs> he was a single guy his whole life. Anybody who's a single guy generally has pretty poor health habits, yeah. but um, so it wasn't the, the physical side. Yeah. No, not an athletic bone in his body. A lot of his stories about how he grew up on a farm, was bad at everything on the farm, so it's not like he, you know, uh, and so it's not about that. And and this is just another category. Spiritual vitality is another category. And and so uh, again, take heart that. There are things beyond just wherever your body, wherever you're hearing this today and wherever your body lies. There, there's more important questions even than that. Yeah. And I think, though, and when you talk about spiritual vitality, uh, what we need to recognize, and we're kind of getting at this already, in why we can, <clears throat> excuse me, take a topic like metabolic health and look at it from a Christian point of view, from a Christian perspective, perspective uh, and find value in it, yeah. even for us in our, in our lives as Christians— is because we recognize the reality that we are not created as simply um, a collection of atoms. We're right. not created as just as physical beings, right. but we are created body and spirit. Yep. And and the two are are united as one. Right, and united in a mysterious way that one yeah. affects the other at all times, and big That's questions exactly there. exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. And so one of the points that she kind of makes in the article is that poor metabolic health contributes to all kinds of negative things, and the kind of negative things that she lists are not just yeah. um, being overweight, being obese, having yeah. sore knees, sore back. Oh, that's part of it. Um, but here's here's some things she points out, and and these are you know you can talk about diabetes and all the kind of major things that come along with having poor health <clears throat> and taking in too much glucose and stuff like that. But she says more subtly, poor metabolic health can look like a full spectrum of daily pain points of modern living that keep us from reaching our full potential and goals. She says fatigue, brain fog, depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, lack of exercise and endurance, infertility, balding, ED, acne, chronic pain, increased appetite, and more. And so what we, what's fascinating is that even in that list, there is a recognition of the body-spirit connection that we are, we are not simply physical creatures, but right. how we take care of our body yep. even has an effect on our 
our mental and spiritual being that yep. depression and anxiety and these kinds of, of issues that seemingly are disconnected from our, our health are actually not They're In fact, in fact, very closely intertwined. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is one thing I think about whenever I've, I've talked to someone who, who deals with depression and man, I, you know, I've once again, similar to you and metabolism, I've been blessed by God that I just have a, a, a disposition that, um, I've never dealt very much with depression. Oh, and in this regard, then we are at like the whole table to flip. I definitely have. So go ahead and yeah. keep talking. Um, and so it's always been a struggle for me, um, to, to be able to, um, to empathize and to mm-hmm. be able to relate to those mm-hmm. who are dealing with mm-hmm. depression and anxiety. And I would say pastorally, that's one, um, one thing that I, I guess I just, I wish I could understand a little better. Sure. But one thing I do know is that almost every person that I talk to that deals with depression and anxiety um, recognizes that the, the times in their lives when they've felt the, the most um, victory over things like depression yeah. is whenever they are making practices regular in their life having to do with yep. diet and exercise um, or even things like getting up out of bed and um, getting some work done, you yep. know, being productive, productivity. Sure. Um and, and like I said, a healthy diet and exercise yep. always, always, always leads to less depression and anxiety. Sure. In, in every case, this is my sample size. So this is yeah. every person I've ever talked to. And unfortunately, like we were talking about at the beginning, most doctors aren't overly concerned with that. And I, I think there's reasons why. I think a part of the reason why is because it is way harder to convince someone to change their lifestyle in order to affect change in their right. depression and anxiety. Um, first, yep. I think, I think of the goal of a lot of doctors, I'd give them the benefit yep. of the doubt and say their hope is that those things would change. But for many people, it's hard to change those whenever you're in the midst of, of depression and anxiety. Well, yeah. Changing it's, lifestyle is not easy when you yeah. are doing well. Yeah. Um, and so I think the, the point of the, or the goal of the doctor usually is to say, let me give you this medicine, which yeah. will help basically give you the stepping stones, give you the, the bridge that you need to come yep. to a place where you can begin to affect the affect these changes and hope to make the environmental changes that you need to make in order to decrease your depression and anxiety. Yep. Um, but is that always what happens? I don't think so. I think oftentimes the medicine becomes the cure yes. rather than the means to the cure. And this is, um, this is a point where, look, I throw caution to the wind because of stories that I know. I, I know doctors who are so kind of beat down and worn out that doctors, believe it or not, folks get discouraged in doing their jobs because at first a young doctor might tell patients, you need to lose some weight. A lot of patients treat them like, I need you to stop telling me that. (laughs) Listen, if you have kind of said that or given that impression to your doctor, bring it back. Yeah. Because you need to know, you need to know your total health picture. It is no good to put band-aids on solutions that are bigger than a Band-Aid solution. Yeah. And you just need to know that. And I know uh, uh, I know doctors who have persisted through the years, at least making a comment about it, of which you might get tired of hearing it. But one of the main points of this article is, look, if you want to get at the root of certain problems, like what you mentioned, you read a list of problems a minute ago, and pretty much all of us would have one or two of those. Fitness, diet, exercise are a part of the solution to that. But I'll give this sort of rejoinder to say, 
Um, I know, for instance, uh, as many people will put together, that uh, a lot of the sort of uh, people I've looked up to in my life and I've read a lot of stories about, uh, here's another singer-songwriter-musician story, Andrew Peterson, who is still alive and a musician that I uh, look up to appreciate very much. Still performing, too. Still performing? Yeah. <laughs> he's probably, he's like two years older than me, so yeah. he's around 44. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if... if uh... Matt Castro is listening, or Lisa, if you are, shout out to you guys. Yeah. I think he performed down in their area just recently, and they oh, got cool. to go see him in concert. Good. I think that's right. I've probably seen him 10 times in concert. Oh, um, cool. I know that just even a few years ago, though, all this the success that he's had, though he is a believer, though he is, uh, he is, as far as I know, I don't know him personally, but as far as I know, following the Lord, has gone through periods of severe depression. I mean, depression is so severe that um, he has trouble getting out of bed for a week and these sorts of things. And um, I prayed for them, him in regard to these things. And there are mysteries in this. That even in, 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 when we think about that sort of edge of the things that we're talking about, look, there's a lot of, spiritually, there, everyone's got a lot of things going on that we can't explain. And we want to also give space for that because we really here are talking about health from a big, broad uh kind of eagle view and their mysteries. We don't know exactly for every person what's going on in terms of their spiritual health as well as uh, physical health. We don't, we don't know. I don't know genetically what people have been given. I don't have any idea. Um, nor do I spiritually know what people have dealt with. We don't know. We don't know each other's sorrows and we right. don't know each other's joys even. And so, so that's there. And I, I wanted to mention that. Um, but then to land back where we are here, um, those things lead us to say, well, we ought to do what we can do mm-hmm. right. and have the knowledge that we can have. And then, look, it's between you and the Lord what you do with it. Right. I mean, and we all every day are, you know, sure. to, to your own master, you will stand or fall. I'm not trying to be an overseer of anybody's health. I just want to be an encourager. Right. And, and this is, I mean, can you think of a better place where grace has to enter the, into yeah. the equation? Like what, what we are proposing here, and this it, this is regards to our physical health and, mm-hmm. and our, our metabolic health and these kinds of things and our, our spiritual health in, in these areas. We, we say there are things that we can do yeah. to attack this. If you are struggling in your health and you are overweight and you're being told lose weight, um, that is a, a right answer and you should not scoff at that and brush yeah. it off. But what that does not mean is that when you when you fail or when you struggle in losing weight, that you are just a complete failure. And, and honestly, I, I don't know of many doctors that would say that either. There's grace available yep. for that. And there's grace available for those dealing with yep. uh, with spiritual issues. And, and even if they know what they ought to be doing yep. and struggle to do it or aren't doing it at all, yep. uh, there is grace available for that. Yep. It is not as – this is, I think, grace is largely the um, – one of the ought to be one of the main ingredients to keep us from uh, not necessarily just depression, but despair. Yep. Is yes. that yep. is that we we recognize that the grace of God is so good and so mighty and so great that man, look, we we struggle, we fall, we mess up. We, I mean, it, it seems like everything that we touch with regards to uh, what we are called to steward, what we have any kind of control over as Christians, we mess it up. Yep. And guess what? God's grace is good and yep. sufficient even for that. Yep. Uh, and we we have to we have to remember that. Uh, you know, we we've been making our way through Hebrews at church, and um, Hebrews twelve one and two says, um, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily besets us, yep. and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Yep. Fixing our eyes on Christ. Yep. That's not the ESV, but 
but that is sure. a, a yeah. good translation that we fix our eyes on Christ. And in fixing our eyes on Christ, what that means is fixing our eyes on what he has done right. in the finished work. It means fixing yep. our eyes on grace. Well, and that's what, yeah, I mean, no guilt, no guilt, yeah. no guilt. In Christ, yeah. no guilt. Even about this kind of stuff, it's, it's all just, he loves you. You see, now yeah. take care of yourself exactly. because he loves you. Exactly. And, and that's it. That's it. It is from that perspective that's that right. we can say, man, in light of his grace, Man, feel free to try. Yeah, you know? and as much as possible, you know, uh, look, we love you. And I mean, some of some of y'all are hearing this know us, and some of y'all don't. But look, uh, the church is one church, and this is an encouragement from two guys who are trying to sort it out and yeah. and uh, trying to follow Christ, even all the way down to these details. Yeah. Well, let me drive us pretty quickly through kind of the next three to get us back on track as far as time goes. Um, as probably a lot of people would be aware, glucose is a primary precursor for energy in the body and needs to be tightly regulated for metabolism to work effectively. You see that suffix of "ose." I had medical terminology in college. Uh, anything with "ose" is a sugar, um, and so sugar drives energy, but too much sugar doesn't mean too much energy. Mm-hmm. It can be counterproductive. Right. Next, quote, Met- uh, metabolic health can be improved by consistently making choices that keep glucose levels in a stable and healthy range and minimize large glucose swings. The only word I really want to emphasize there is swings. One of the things that we uh, seem to have figured out is that you can get too much sugar and then have a reaction in your body that pushes sugar away, uh, (laughs) a very imprecise way of saying it, but then you swing downwards in terms of a low energy level, which can put you on a pretty bad cycle of high sugar, bad health, low sugar, seek more sugar to return to a too high sugar level, bad swings. Uh, And then this third quote, uh, these choices may include selecting foods that don't cause large spikes in glucose, exercising consistently, getting quality sleep, Mm -hmm. managing stress, adding in nutrients and foods that improve our processing of of glucose, and avoiding environmental toxins that are known to disrupt metabolic function, end quote. Now, I'm going to leave it to you here for a minute because all the negative things you threw out a few minutes ago, all these positive things that she's talking about, and again, it's like, go and do likewise. (laughs) That's hard. It's hard. It it is. It is. But, you know, here's some things that I think are are helpful. We oftentimes think, okay, what do I need to do in order to improve my metabolic health? Mm -hmm. Well, well, diet and exercise are oftentimes what's said. Um, But I think she points to some things that it's like, hey, this is going to help, and you might not realize it, but but it's going to help even things like getting good sleep. Yep. Boy, oh boy, do how many of our podcast listeners would, would say that they are getting the amount of sleep that their body needs every day. Not many of us. Um, and some of us have good reasons. I mean, you know what? We've got a, a almost two month old at home. She keeps not me, but my wife up at night (laughs) and, uh, and my poor wife, uh, is so gracious. She just, uh, and she just takes it in stride and, and does it. Um, and to be clear, I don't want, I'm not unwilling to get up, but sure. I'm a, I sleep like a log yeah. and my wife is just too sweet and doesn't wake me up. Um, but, um, to, all this to say, you know, there are things, if you're thinking, okay, if I'm going to do this, I've got to start doing cardio. Yeah. I've got to start doing this. Actually, that might not be the best place for you to start. Right. The best place for you to start might be try and get eight hours of sleep every night. Right. You know, yep. or at least set some sort of consistency in your yep. sleep schedule. Um, there may be things that make it tough. If you are, if you work a night shift, that makes it tough. You've got a little more to overcome there. Yep. Uh, if you've got kids, that makes it a little more tough, yep. but start with that as a goal. Like do what you can in that area to, to try and get solid sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then avoid environmental toxins. What does that mean? 
What do you think she means by that? <laughs> oh, man. I've listened to her talk about this. Uh, I guess it was about an hour and a half, the podcast that I listened to. And I got some bad news for everybody and uh, bad news for you and I, Denton. Uh-oh. Um, uh, let's let's just start here. Uh, high fructose corn syrup uh, is not good for you. That's not news to most people, but that there's a, a lot in there that could be considered a toxin. Preservatives are not good for you. There are things in there that could be considered a toxin. Oh, where, where do we go from here? Saturated fats. Um, I I feel spent. You you carry on. Uh, probably artificial sugars. So if you're thinking, well, I just won't drink. Mountain Dew, I'll drink Diet Dew. Well, guess what? There's probably environmental toxins in there. Yeah. Maybe even worse environmental toxins than the, than the others. Um, basically, you name it, if it's a processed food, it's probably got environmental toxins That's in probably it. a pretty good way to summarize it. Now, and, and But then here, there's two things I want to say that, frankly, leave this, but from a Christian perspective. One, you, you, you will die. Okay? This is, this is a game that has a zero-sum sort of deal. Uh, toxins, if, if you're talking about this, I know people that really like purify their water to the nth degree, and I get it. It's that you got time to do that, you want to do it, great. Yeah. More power to you. But uh, it's still going to be impure to whatever degree. You know why? Because it's a broken, fallen world, and you're never going to purify everything you're drinking, everything you're eating. So this is a, there, there is an end game to this that you have to be willing and able to go, all right, I'm, I'm going to calm down now because... Uh, and listening to her is a lot of fun because uh, I'll I'll go ahead and spoil the fact that um, she's a person now. She now one thing I can say for her is that she's chosen to manage a lot of um, sort of her metabolic health through diet. Yeah. I would choose and have chosen in terms of health as a total to manage mine in terms of exercise a lot more. Yeah. And so her diet sounds. Um, bad to me <laughs> uh she talks about eating kale a lot you know salads with some kind of seeds i've never heard of for lunch and uh things that you just kind of go oh now i'm from a small town in southern illinois i i don't know how far i would have had to go to start with that and now here that i'm in evansville we don't specialize in health foods i don't know off the top of my head where the nearest health food store is um so fresh market it's like right health i don't know if that's health food fresh market what about fresh time I haven't even been. I haven't been in there. I'm talking like vitamin shoppy. No, no, I'm talking like chia seeds. Where could you get some chia seeds? Then fresh market. They have them. Well, yeah, they've got. You can get. Have you bought them before? Yeah, my mom used to buy chia seeds all the time. We'd put them in our oatmeal and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, you can you can buy those at Target. Okay. Yeah. I don't like Target either. Uh, Well, I mean, I'm with you. I'm a I'm a Walmart guy. That's right. Not some stuck up snob (laughs) shopping at Target. Yeah, you know. Um. So that that was the first thing um, that that look uh, this an, uh, we're all gonna die and you do what you can do. Some of this is like what you can't get to purity. Second thing though, uh, there, of all these things, the managing stress component. Mm-hmm. Look, you and I both <laughs> have three children, and we have jobs, and we have marriages, and then uh, and then every day something you know just as like it is for everybody something comes up that you go well, this is new I don't exactly know what to do about this stress is difficult to manage because stress yeah. is tied to whatever God decides to throw at you in your day to day in addition to the previous story of your life so stress is a component of life yeah. stress managing stress I don't I don't know what she would mean by that and I would say we wouldn't be too far apart because it's like look. You were made to have a job. Yeah. You were made to have roles in your family, and they're going to tax you, and that's good. 
It, yeah. You're better when you're working, when you are producing, you feel better about yourself. Yeah. And so uh, managing stress is difficult, but that one I would put in a different category than most of this because most of these things are really just about you yeah. and about, hey, get enough sleep, like you're saying. Yeah. That's something that a lot of people, even close to you, couldn't say av on average how many hours you sleep a night. Yeah. Your spouse would know that, but right. even your children, they don't have any idea. Yeah. Even if they're grown children, they kind of don't care anymore. I mean, like, um, and so I just wanted to say that because um, this is an article that uh, it throws a lot of things out. And some of these things are, some of these things are very difficult to manage. Some of these things are just difficult to manage. Some of these things are very, very, very difficult to manage. Right. But at the same time, it's all finite. You can look at it square in the eye and go, well, Lord, help me to just do what I can do with this. Yeah, that's right. Yep. To, to be honest with you, I think that is the best way to, yep. as Christians, that we manage stress. Um, there is a temptation to go, okay, well, if stress is a contributor to uh, bad health and metabolic health and stuff like that, well, then I just need to be rid of all stress. But you cannot be rid of all stress without being rid of duty. That's and, right. and we are called to, to task. We are called yep. to work. Um, you know, <clears throat> and this is true no matter what you do, no matter what it is that, that you are doing in life, um, stress is inevitable. I think the, the key is not removing all stress but which is why she says this way managing stress mm -hmm. um wh what you do with it and there are man i don't know that we have time to get into all the ins and outs of it but there are, there are various ways to manage stress but as a christian i know for me the one of the main ways is i say lord i'm going to do the absolute best i can do right. and get what i done get done what i can get done yep and uh and for the rest i'm going to just trust you yep and, and i'm going to lay my head on the pillow at the end of the day and go well i did what i that's could. right i failed in certain ways i failed i mean i, I I think about sins of commission. I yep. think about sins of omission. And every day I go, I am so glad this day did not depend on me kind of like checking off every box of my to-do list. It didn't. Yeah. Uh, and even those sins of omission, look, I, I, those things can plague you. Uh, yeah. Sins of commission plague you. But yeah. we, that not, would be sins that yeah, we, you, you know, commit that we do things we ought not to do. That would be sin of commission. And sins where we don't do things we ought to do. Yeah. That would be sin of omission, just yeah. to be clear. Yeah, thanks. It's... Uh, it's I'm so thankful that at the end of every day you can go look uh, as you said Jesus this day had enough trouble of its own <laughs> and I believe you and uh, tomorrow will have its own troubles that's right. and and that's okay that's I, right. I rest in your mercy and, and, and I mean I'm shocked I, I really am and it's very strange because I never thought I would be a person who say things like this but um when the scriptures say his mercy is new every morning and you see mm -hmm. the sun come up and his, his spirit convinces you of that like look I'm not here to condemn you yeah. My mercies are absolutely new today. It's like, well, then I guess I can get out of bed and go and do it again. That's right. That's right. Yep. <clears throat> Amen. And, um, yeah, so there's, there's so much more that we could say and, and we're kind of just, um, we're tapping the, the surface yeah, let of me, all of this. We're, we're about to get to the takeaway. So fast forward again here, um, cause you already mentioned this next point that, you know, uh, did you mention skin health in your tirade about the bad things um no but i will uh, in, right now infertility i think you skin, mentioned infertility skin health yeah yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah i did everything i mean everything you just consider that man all of our health is mixed yep. up in one big pot yep so we'll leave that uh, and then she says quote as a country our metabolic health is poor news flash <laughs> <laughs> what not here in america and here you go if you want if you're a numbers person with 88% of the American population displaying at least some metabolic dysfunction. Yeah. What does she mean by that? One of the things that she mentioned uh, in, in listening to her is that, look, you may look healthy, yeah. but 
you would have to have blood work done yeah. to know if you're showing what pre-diabetes is what they call it because uh, your your blood sugar begins to fluctuate even before it becomes sort of a medical issue right and so that's that's you know that's this is i'm thankful for the work that she's doing it needs to be done yeah and and into a situation where look if you're not familiar with youth culture people um there's been a movement for years now and um take this one on the chin uh biggest beautiful and Mm. Uh, no more fat shaming and these sorts of things. And um, what, what, you start, please, didn't I? Will yeah, it it, it is a, it's become a common refrain, and I, you know, not just like I don't think this is just the temptation is to think oh they're just stretching this isn't actually a thing. No, I mean I think it's it's on the covers of magazines. Yep. It's in Sports uh, Illustrated magazine this past year, uh, the swimsuit right. edition. Yes, that's right. Uh, basically perpetuating this idea that you can be obese. And I'm not just talking about a little bit over, I'm talking about obese mm-hmm. and that is perfectly fine and healthy and that is right and and you shouldn't think that's bad at all. Yeah. But that is good and right and beautiful uh and it's essentially what that is is it's perpetuating a bad idea. It is. Uh, it's saying no, this is a healthy lifestyle when it is absolutely not a healthy lifestyle. But but didn't should everybody be shaped the same? Oh no. I mean, me and you aren't shaped the same, and that and that's a part of the the thing that oftentimes is is thrown back. Of, um, well, we don't all have Jackson's metabolism, right. you know, so we're not all going to look like Jackson. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the point is not to accept that which is bad and call it good. Yeah. Now, what what we are not saying this is the accusation. Oh, well, you're you're fat phobic or whatever. No, no, no. That is not me saying that people who are obese are bad people or that they are lazy or that they are lazy or even that they are ugly. That is not the point of what I'm trying to say. What the point of what we're trying to say is that we ought not to be perpetuating, proposing to be good and healthy and right. That, which is most definitely not, that is a lie. Right. And, and, and for anyone who out there who is overweight and, and dealing with, with weight issues, um, do not hear me saying that you are, in some way, a, a, a bad person or a failure or, right. or that right. you are ugly. That is not the point. But it is to say, if you are one of those people, recognize, hey, there are areas in which I need to improve. I need to change. Yep. And you know who you'll be joining? Every other human being right. on the planet. We yep. all have areas in which we need to grow, areas in which we need to change. Yep. And I would say don't ever, whether it be obesity or whether it be um, lack of discipline in other areas or whatever it is, don't ever just accept that as good and right. Right. You know, and, and when you try and put that in other areas, it doesn't make sense. Right. So whenever someone has, we've talked about this before, whenever someone has no discipline to like brush their teeth or bathe, sure. um, we don't say, oh, well, that's beautiful. That stench is beautiful. Sure. Uh, those rotten teeth, yep. they are beautiful. And no one should say anything bad against that. Mm-hmm. No, we would all say that is not good. That yep. is not unhealthy. That is not a beautiful attribute or quality. You should push back against that. I think that person has value. Right. I think that person ought to care more about themselves yep. than to just accept those bad qualities yep. uh, and treat them as good. It's not healthy. It's not he- not good for society. It's not good for any of us, especially as Christians. Yep. As Christians, we are not. We are called uh, to recognize the brokenness in us, to recognize the bad that is in us, uh, and and see it in all. Kind of areas in which it manifests itself, right. and one way is in a lack of discipline yep. or or a lack of concern about the body that the Lord has given us, yeah. uh, and we ought to take steps to to fix that.
Yeah, and so uh, that leads to kind of the, the last bullet that we have from her, which is, quote, metabolic dysfunction underlies most chronic diseases. Not all. Metabolic dysfunction underlies most chronic diseases. Yeah. I would be very, very interested to have a list of, you know, I would presume, well, I can't, I don't guess I can really guess at what is not on her list. Yeah. But we've, you've mentioned lots of issues related to this. And, uh, and so <coughs> this is a deep well. And, uh, and, and we are to our detriment not paying attention yeah. to how metabolism works. Yeah. Uh, and so that we can tie that up because we're going to tie it up. And we have three keys uh, for Christian fitness, and, and, and we're going to speak to she has three key metabolic health takeaways. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I frankly have no idea what she would think about ours, but um, let's mention hers. And then really, uh, uh, the takeaways that I have are sort of, uh, well, what you said earlier, a lot of what uh, her takeaways are, you know, she sort of has like this profit kind of mindset. Look, you're all killing yourself through your metabolism. This seems to be our message mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay, but what do you do with a prophet's message? Well, you, you then, thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit now, which can help us to go, what can I do with this? So her first takeaway, quote, uh, metabolic fitness takes practice. Developing metabolic fitness and maintaining good metabolic health requires effort and repetition. Just like the process of improvement in athletics, martial arts, meditation, or any other practice, consistency is key, end quote. What do you mm -hmm. say about that one? Uh, I think it's, it's it makes perfectly fine sense to me. This is where, <clears throat> in her article, I began to go, okay, um, you're starting to sound like you have a, a pitch for me and maybe something to sell. Uh -huh. uh, because she says, just like the process of improvement in athletics, martial arts, meditation, or any other pra practice, Consistency is key. Develop, you know, she talks about developing this fitness, uh, and it requires effort and, and repetition. What is the one thing that's left out? What are some of those things? Yep. What are some of the practices that you would encourage me to do in order sure. to fix that? Um, so I get the impression maybe she's like, "Well, just come a little deeper into my website. Uh, come look at some of these products." I don't know. Maybe I'm just a yeah. A, a it, pessimist. It's functionally her program is is a sort of life coaching kind of functionally. Yeah. And so yeah. here's our Christian fitness key number one: fitness takes practice. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, if anybody, I mean, you all have, we've all run into people who kind of just say, well, if you just start running, you'd feel better. And it's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, if you just start lifting weights and, and yeah. none of us knows, I have friends and I have family members who love lifting weights. And when they say, if you, if you just start lifting weights, I know in their mind, they like it. Yeah. And I still can't understand that <laughs> because I don't like it. I've tried right. it. 30 times in my life, 30 different efforts genuinely to get sure. into it. And I still go, I like fitness. I don't like that kind of fitness. Yeah. And the flip side is also true. There are plenty of people uh, who hear sure. you say, hey, you should get out and come run with us sure. uh, at six o'clock in the morning. And they're yep. like, that, no, no aspect of that appeals to me in the least. You and you know, know uh, and so I know for different people, that word fitness means different things. Yeah. Look, in the last few years, I've gotten into swimming to some degree, uh, biking road bikes and stuff like that to some degree there's a lot of different kinds of fitness. oh yeah lots oh yeah and and one of the best keys i, I would propose some keys find some people to do it with you yes like don't just yes. try and do it on your own yes I, especially if you are not accustomed to doing it you're gonna fail at that mm -hmm. you're gonna fail at that mm -hmm. um so find someone to do it with you hey it may be you go and 
um, start playing some pickup basketball yep. at the Y yep. or down at the park. Yep. Guess what? That's a great way to stay fit sure in ship. It may be that you pick up pickleball. You know, that's a good two or four person sport that you can get a couple people to play with you. Um, <clears throat> you know, that really the possi- possibilities are largely endless. The point is get up and do something yep. uh, and make it a practice to yep. get up and do that thing. Um, don't just, you know, just build consistency with whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever it is, build consistency. You're doing two things there. Not only are you moving and yep. getting, getting in fitness, but you're, you're disciplining yourself too. You're, yep. you're changing habits. And so there's kind of, kind of two bonuses there. I think that, yep. are, that are good. And I would like to clarify too, that in my mind, nutrition is underneath fitness. It is a, it is a subcategory. I mean, yep. these things are all of a piece. And yeah. so, so there's number one, uh, number two from her quote, we can all improve. Some of us are closer to our metabolic health goals than others, but no one is perfectly metabolically fit. The body is a dynamic machine and metabolic optimization is a daily continual process, end quote. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think the, the point here is like, hey, focus on your own goals rather than comparing yourself to others. Yeah. Um, that's, man, that's just, that's the way to prevent discouragement too. Like if you're constantly going, well, I'm just, I'm not to where Jackson is. I'm not to where... Uh, X person or, or this person is, yep. and, and therefore you're gonna, you're gonna be left discouraged. Yep. You got to think about personal goals, personal improvements, and and focus on that um, rather than on meeting a certain yep. level of fitness. Yep. Um, yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> Christian fitness key number one: fitness takes practice. Christian fitness key number one A, which I 100% agree with, is find a group of people you can do this with. Mm-hmm. Yep. who are in a similar place to you, you have a friendship, whatever. Christian Fitness, key number two, fitness goals are subordinate to personal goals. There are greater things you're trying to accomplish than just your own fitness, and that's fine. That's good. Yeah. The people who love you want you to feel better, to be fit. And so know that this is all of a piece. That's why lifestyle change is so difficult, because you have the same relationships, yeah, the same habits, the same influences. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, through something that's happening inside of you, you're trying to change what you do. Well, you're going to need a pretty powerful force to do that. And I have one I would propose. Uh, <laughs> yes. So that's Christian fitness key number two. Fitness goals are subordinate to personal goals. And then number three from her, quote, you are in control. Your metabolic fitness level is not a predetermined trait. It's a description of your current state, constantly in flux and always modifiable. You can make simple, informed decisions each day that can improve the metrics that define your metabolic health, end quote. Uh, this is one where, like, she, we've, uh, you know, we've talked her up, and I, overall, I see her as a helpful person. I don't yeah. find this point too helpful. Really? Well, first of all, your metabolic fitness level is not a predetermined trait. Um, metabolism, I didn't determine my yeah. own metabolism. Right, right. I, um, I didn't. Right. Nor did my mother by the food she fed me as a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so. and I don't know, I would come to her defense a little bit and say, I, I think it would have been better if she had addressed that reality because we all know that we all know Jackson's in our lives who can just eat whatever garbage they want. And their metabolism just says, keep it coming. You know, they yep. just have a, a high capacity in that, in that relation. Um, but I think that her message is probably still good and right. Um, because there are, I know far too many people that have given up on the basis yep. of their metabolism, them concluding my metabolism just isn't good. Therefore I just don't even bother trying. Yep. That's a, that's a terrible place yep. to be. And even if you don't have Jackson's metabolism, it is true that you have the ability to affect 
change in your metabolic rate, your metabolic yeah. health. Uh, those fluctuations that we see if you have, are you having huge dramatic swings in your like glucose uh, from when you eat, you eat, it spikes way up, mm -hmm. it takes forever for it to come mm -hmm. back down, you know, um, that is really unhealthy and you can change that. And even though you, Jackson, have a, a really good metabolism that you were just born with, God blessed you with that, um, or cursed you, we'll see later on in life. Because <laughs> I've known plenty of people that had Jackson's metabolism, uh, but then later on in life, guess what? They get uh, a normal human being metabolism, sure. and yep. but they keep up Jackson's eating styles. Sure, yep. <laughs> and it's very hard because they've never had the discipline. But I, I say this to say, I think she is still right to say you have to... Whatever metabolism you have been given by God that he has ordained that you had, you have power to work within that. Yep. You have the ability. You have been given your body to steward over. You it's might not an accident. You, yeah, it's yes, really sir. helpful. You might wish that you had someone else's body, but you don't. God has given you the body that you have with all the quirks, all the ins and outs that it has, um, and some effects of the fall upon it as well. Yep. Um, but he has not given us no control over how we can how we can steward over our bodies well. Yeah. And I think I think this is how, as, as a Christian, I would talk about it. I would talk about stewarding your body well, um, recognizing that it it is created by God, right. uh, and He has given us mechanisms that we can use to affect change. So don't make excuses. Don't make excuses of, yep. I have no control over it. No, you, you do have some. Right. You do have some, to, to a certain extent. You know, but but I, you've got down here, and I think this is true, that kid, for, uh, excuse me, Christian fitness key number three, is that God is in control and he will help you. Yep. And, and this is one of the most important things to recognize uh, is that <clears throat> we might think, well, the Lord only cares about our spiritual well-being, not, not at all about our health. But that is, that is not the case at all. Right. I mean, the Lord is concerned for us uh, as a whole being, right. which, as we've already said, is what? Yeah. Body and spirit. Yeah. That he is concerned about both. He's concerned about all of us. Uh, and he is willing to, to help us. He is willing to come alongside us. Yeah. Uh, in our struggle as human beings, as Christians, uh, dealing with all of the effects of the fall that we face. And this is one of the effects of the fall. Yeah. Fatness, obesity, yeah. Um, all of that. It, it's effects of the fall. And we are not left to just say, you know, have all the effect you want on me, fall, right. sin, right. but rather to push back against that to, to some extent by the grace yep. of God, we can. Yep. You know, and I think that's what we're called to do. I think about uh, what, what Paul says in First Timothy, I think it's chapter 4, uh, let's see here. He says, uh, and yeah, first Timothy chapter four, like seven B and eight, he says, train yourself for godliness yep. for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is a value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Yeah. There, there are two things I would say about that verse. First of all, bodily training is of some value. Yes. Okay. He's not saying it's of no value at all. Yep. He's saying it is of some value. And I think that some value is both we will have more healthy lives. We'll be able to do um, everything in this life better if mm -hmm. we're taking better care of ourselves. That's true. I think also the fact that much of the discipline that is that is uh, developed in bodily training also translate over into spiritual discipline yep. as well. Um, if you can train yourself to get out of bed every day and go run at 6 a.m., you're going to find that a lot of those principles also help you train to sit down and, and pray and read your Bible. Right. I thought about this morning, Don Whitney's book about spiritual disciplines yeah. for the Christian life, because you would be amazed, people, uh, at how much as you push yourself in one area, it helps you in other areas. And probably a lot of people have experienced this. Yeah. And I think, but I would also say then, take the second half of that verse, 
The flip side is also true. Godliness is a value in every way. It holds promise for the present life yeah. and also for the life to yeah. come. And I think, you know, gosh darn, we could spend hours just diving into the realities of that statement right there, yes. of the yes. eternality of, yep. of what godliness has, the eternal value uh, that it has. has. But even right here, right now, uh, when we think about pursuing and practicing and training ourselves for godliness, all the value that it holds even in our life. Yeah. Think about this. What We just earlier spent a long time talking about grace. Well, the more you train yourself for godliness, the more you're going to be uh, blessed by, encouraged by, um, have a deeper knowledge of God's grace, yep. which is going to bless you all throughout your life in every area and yep. every quality. Um, the more we recognize um, God's goodness, the more we recognize God's sovereign control in this life and his uh, His directing and his, his power, all of these things, it's going to have effects in every area of our life as well. Uh, but, you know, and, and even especially, it has eternal value. Yep. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, if I were to put my closing remarks, it would be that. Yeah. Uh, consider that. And, and consider it in light of this article. We see this article, and uh, our temptation could be throw it out, say, no, no, no. I just want to train, as Christians, I just want to train myself for godliness. Yep. Uh, I don't need that. I'd rather be godly. Well, look, uh, training yourself for godliness does not mean uh, that you don't need to be concerned about your health in this life. Not right. only does it not mean that, right. but it's actually... It's going to serve you in this way also. Right. Consider this. Yeah, and so I'm going to throw it back to you after I just uh, hit the keys again. Key number one, fitness takes practice. Key number one A, find other people. Mm-hmm. Key number two, fitness goals are subordinate to personal goals. Integrate it as much as you can. Ask God to help you integrate it. Key number three, God's in control. He'll help you. Not in this by yourself. You're not having to invent this thing whole cloth. Yep. Amen. And... What's funny is that all of those uh, Christian fitness keys apply both spiritually and physically. That's kind of cool. Did you mean to do that? I don't think so. (laughs) Providence. (laughs) This has been Empires of the Future. (laughs) We'll see you in the future.